everybody. Welcome to the 43rd episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And this is the first time that we have done a podcast during shelter in place, so please bear with us if we have some technical difficulties. We spent a little bit of time trying to get this uh, get this figured out for you guys so we could do it effectively. It is an interesting approach, what we're doing, so if this works out, it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah, and unfortunately, we lost an entire dialogue worth of episode last time because Levi's SD card uh, got corrupted, so... And I mean, other than, like, Christian having some pretty thorough notes, it's not like our podcast is scripted, uh, so... Yeah, you, we, so we are basically just literally redoing a conversa- a two-and-a-half-hour conversation with each other, which is pretty mind-numbing. Cause, well, it'll, yeah. it'll probably flow the same way that it did last time. I mean, anytime we've ever yeah. had to, like... Yeah, totally. Anytime we've ever, like, had to re-record a fucking episode, we always, like, end up on the same, like, conversation points. And there's somebody re, uh, re- repaving the fucking... their garage out there. So if you hear some, like, drilling and shit like that, some power tools... I will admit I hear that now, Christian. I was trying to tell you earlier, it's fucking, like, maddening in my headphones, so hopefully it doesn't drive everyone else insane, and hopefully he's just not going apeshit the whole time we're doing this. Um, yeah. So how you doing, Levi? <laughs> I haven't seen you in, like, fucking three weeks, I want to say, since the quarantine. I mean, we saw each other during the first, like, the first couple days, when it, right before Shelter in Place, I think, went into effect, but... Uh, hustling. <laughs> uh, going out, rollerblading whenever I can. Uh... There's a, I live right, uh, I live in Ocean Beach, so I'm, my backyard is basically the ocean, and uh, there's a highway behind my uh, house that basically blocks off the, the beach, and uh, they've had that closed due to, uh, you know, non-essential workers, so uh, basically have like an open highway by the beach to skate on, so yeah, exercising hasn't been too bad of a thing. What the hell you been doing, man? <laughs> you know, when all this started, we definitely like went and fucking stocked up and bought like a bunch of fucking, a bunch of weed, went down to Santa Cruz and like stocked up there too, and got a bunch of like live resin carts and a bunch of like eights i got some bubba some diagonal bubba kush which is really fucking fire um some uh super sour or something i think it is from fun uncle which is like a kaliva subsidiary we had like 10 different eights at one point we got so many different flavors all right um yeah so uh again this is our first podcast since the shelter in place so forgive us for all the uh, technical jargon yeah so i mean we're we're this is this is the April episode, but we're already into late April. But uh, yeah, so basically just putting a timestamp where we are in the world right now. It's naturally, you know, COVID's going on. And uh, in California, we were in San Francisco. We were shelter in place like in mid-March, ultimately. And uh, we are about ready to go into another month. So um, other uh, like a few like activities, you can, uh, skate parks are opening here soon. Um, some certain like courts and stuff. Uh, you know, depending on what county you're in. But, uh, yeah, we got another month of just, uh, you know, having people jobless and still just, you know, sitting at home. Yeah, so we, we needed to set a good example for you guys and not do a podcast together during this time when people are, should be distancing. Um, I want to plug a couple of things before we get started. Recently, I appeared on The Heaviest Podcast with the homies. They brought me on for a, a, a chat. Not a, I'm not going to call it an interview because they're just, like, friends and we were just, like, talking about, like, whatever, um... But uh, if you want to hear me rant, go listen to the Heaviest Podcast. They're great boys. It's a, it's a good podcast. They're great. And they're just like, they're doing it every week right now, which I really appreciate. Because we, we, we can't seem to find like find the time to do this more than once a month. So I'm grateful for somebody else kind of, you know, using this opportunity to like, uh, you know, up their output. A couple things I want to plug very quickly. Please give us a follow on iTunes. Please follow us on Spotify. The latter is really important. We're trying to sort of... Um, migrate our listenership to spotify 
just for um, for the the visibility, if you will. Um, and uh, also, want to remind everyone: you have a Patreon if you want to get early access to video. Uh, podcasts, um, video and production polling, private Discord chat. There's a full-on Animal Crossing discussion raging right now in the video game thread of that page or the uh, the Discord. So that's um, a heavy conversation. <laughs> totally. Um, there's a whole like anime thread. So we we really fucking we really delve into some some other things aside from just mathcore on that Discord. Um, but there's just one problem. We don't have 50 supporters, which is so sad because, unfortunately, that means that Levi won't be able to afford that much-needed dick reconstruction surgery. But there's something that you can do. Oh, my dick. There's something that you can do. You can become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month, and Levi's PP will thank you. Once we hit 50 supporters, we'll start putting out new and original video content separate from our live sets once a month. So Thanks, th- everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank our Patreon supporters so much at this time. Thanks so much to Jeff, Otis, Kevin, Phil, Eric, Chris, Anthony, Mike, Senza, Kent, Jesse, Robert, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andre, Grady, Matt, David, Carter, Chris, Andrew, Christian, Pete, Nathan, Jeremiah, Daniel, Sonny, Dimitri, Spencer, Eric, Jesse, Coney, Rory, Chris, Caleb, Adolfo, Andy, Bebop, and Austin. Thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate your support. Man, that list is the fucking shit, dude. That is crazy. Tons of homies on there. Um, Again, Dave... We're just we're so grateful to have them, um, have them supporting us and our means a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get started here. So the first band we're going to talk about is Ratsack. Uh, it's a mathcore band from Belgium. Uh, Ratsack formed back in 2017, releasing their debut EP that same year, a single in late 2019, and now they're back with their debut full length. And oh my fuck, is it a, a raucous good time? Just rock and fuck, roll. With yeah, dude. Like, just enough technical flair to keep me engaged. You know, it's, it's got all the Dillinger and all the Every Time I Die uh, you want, basically. Yeah, from being from Belgium, they really do embrace, like, that southern United States, you know, mm-hmm. southern rock kind of sound, for sure. Um, in, in that note, they're kind of, like, more of a traditional rock and roll band in, like, the compositional sense, in that the structures are kind of the, usually a bit more verse, chorus, verse, and, like, more straightforward, but... They're clearly fans of you know chaotic music, like every time I die, as you were just saying. Like honestly, it's kind of every time I die worship to some degree. Um, but it's just such a fun record, and to be fair, I don't think that you can really avoid that influence at this point. I mean, if you're playing like hardcore, but with any kind of like melodic or southern rock tinge, there's a real good chance that you're like very inspired by every time I die. Yeah, it's always going to have kind of like that southern tinge, I feel. And yeah, every time I die, I just did that so well. And even even like a, I don't know, man, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, track one kind of comes in strong, and I feel a very kind of a Dillinger Escape Plan vibe. Uh, track two kind of goes off with every time I die. Um, and from there on, man, just the, the vocals are really where I focus on uh, this band. Uh, just like super, I mean, sassy in its own, in, in his own way. Uh, very energetic, just super diverse, you know, uh, high and low. Uh, it's it's a fuck. It, it's like yeah, it's like Southern rock math core. Or You're totally right though. They they do start that first track off all Icarus, like way more chaotic and aggressive than the rest of the record. Like that's where they Absolutely. they deposit the most like certifiably math core material in the record is in that front track. So they, it's kind they of let front- me know the party started. So that was that's pretty tight. Totally. Um, you know, there's actually a lot of homage paying on this album. I want to say too, especially in the beginning of Passenger Refund Program. I'm not sure if you caught that, but they literally use the exact same drum fill that starts off Dillinger Escape Plan's Limerent Death 
Did you notice that? No, that you're um you're uh, I I am the Converge uh, head. You are the Dillinger head. This is uh, this I mean, is the the yin and yang of uh, you and I. I still I'm a still a huge fan of Converge, but yeah, I'm obviously Absolutely. more the expert on Dillinger here. And um, yeah, that that song. Oh, what is Pretty it? sure yeah. you cried at that sh- at that at their last show, so that counts. Uh, <laughs> I did more than once, but um, yeah, it's so funny. They 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 have a couple drum fills that are like the same fucking thing. Like, yeah, that 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 first song, that passenger refund program, literally, it's like it's like the same fucking drum fill from Limerick mm-hmm, Death, mm-hmm. and then Time Bomb practically has the same intro from a single teardrop, which is Converge. So I'm not sure if you picked up on that. Oh, I did not. And then uh, followed wow. by that is the sawtooth grin. Sometimes she tasted like burnt plastic breakdown, which okay. is so funny because Antarctica robbed that exact same breakdown on Electrocuted Gated. <laughs> uh, do you know what? Uh, may this have came through the back of the brain organically or whatever that is. Uh, I did pick up on that one and I did not have a problem with it. Dude, it's, I mean, it's pretty much like a nod. Um, and you know, again, just in terms of just paying homage, circling back to that, this, the vocalist is clearly taking notes from Keith Buckley, especially on "Misery Tree," which could like easily be a later era, a latter era. Every time I die, B side. Yep, awesome. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, they're the all the all the song titles are in English, so I take it that's what they did. Uh, but, for, but I just wish I could have read the lyrics. I really wish what what the lyrical content of all these good timey songs are. You I don't know, have the sample um, up to roast you right now, but <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you you'll know where to put it in and what you know. It's all good. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I, I naturally uh, uh, track one and two just kind of came out and stuck uh, to me. But also, um, those are the best the tracks one? for sure. Sassy Frass was my other favorite oh, track, though. There it is, dude. I literally yeah. Uh, track seven, Sassy Frass. That's the one. I just had track seven written down here, but uh, that that's kind of like a kind of a sneaker in the middle there, and uh, really kind of comes in strong. But yeah, you know, Sassy Frass again is kind of like more straightforward, but it's just like so catchy the way it's just kind of like structured and really lives up to the the song's name. You know, it's sassy. <laughs> it, dude, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, but I, 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 I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why they did that there. You know, totally. Well, I hope they did at least. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should go ahead and give them uh, the big leap, though. That was the leading single on the album. And I think it sort of sums up the, the band's mission statement nicely. I'm down with that. Perfect. So we're going to go ahead and give you The Big Leap, which is track two from Rotsack's new album, Step Back Gushing Eggheads, which came out on March 6th. Here we go. Let's 
So next we're going to talk about Seder. Seder are a four-piece post-hardcore mathcore band from Atlanta, Georgia. They uh, formed in early 2016, according to their Facebook, but didn't release their debut EP until 2018, which we covered on this podcast. And you can also hear our short interview with them as well on a previous episode, which is on YouTube. The tubes. <laughs> and um, now... Oh, should I have got you on speaker again? Let me just fix my fucking earbud. And... Uh, where am I? Uh, so now the band are back. <laughs> lost my place in my notes there. Now the band are back with their debut full-length, Locus, which they released back in February. And holy fuck, this is a, a major step up for them. I want to say that every single aspect of this band has improved on this release, from the songwriting to the instrumentals to the vocals and the lyrics to the production. The, the album was actually produced by Corey Batista, who recorded the Callous Boys' Die on Mars. Um, yeah. And it's just like a, a perfect and complex like post-hardcore, just a dash of like prog and mathcore. I guess really it, it's not truly mathcore in like the traditional sense, but um, they really just go out on some fucking great odd meters, um, interesting switch-ups. So it kind of does give it that same sort of chaotic element over, but overall this is like way more melodic than your normal mathcore band, of course. It's, it's post-hardcore. It's like proggy metalcore as well. It's got that, uh, uh, and I mean, we've discussed this on, I mean, last time we recorded and everything, but uh, just so heavy on like the journal uh, direction, uh, journal from Sacramento. Yeah, truly. We, as we said earlier, we had to re-record this episode and we're kind of landing back at the same conversation. And yeah, truly, they, there were a number of points on this record where I feel like they're they definitely invoking journal, which is a, that's a tall fucking order, you know, like mm-hmm. it's one of the most, aside from Dillinger, that's one of the most technical bands to like ever do it basically. Um, I would say that their compositions are actually more musically ambitious than the Dillinger Escape Plans, in all honesty. Like, they're really, like, just so many fucking notes, non-stop shredding, and very little pop sensibility, if any at all. Um, but we're getting lost on journal here. Uh, the, the, so I was about to say that the singing in this record, yeah, it is very proggy, though, I guess is what I, my roundabout way of saying. It does have those elements of prog. Um, Diverse and, vocals, man, singing, yeah, harder. and screaming. Uh, yeah. The one of the guitarists does the singing, and the other guitarist does the the screaming. Um, and the singing, I think, is is excellent on this record. There, it's an area that a lot of similar bands are often missing the mark, though. Um, but not Sater. Like they've, I feel like they're a little more rough and kind of um, not tropey, but just maybe a little unimaginative on that first record. And they've really dialed in the vocal performance on this record. Um, and to sing and to play the guitar like that, I mean, I myself, I don't, I don't, I don't do either really. So it's like, what the, it's just, it's so crazy to me to see that. I, I can only imagine just what, like what it takes to do that. Yeah. Two, two of the guitarists are doing double duty here. Um, so kudos to them. And they play a really groove oriented variation of post hardcore um, with elements of prog and math core. Again, just really big emphasis on groove here. I think that's what the band does best. Absolutely. Uh, I got to say, uh, um, so the we were talking about the vocals, super diverse. Uh, the lyrical content is really good. So, I mean, you got these guys that have really built a well-structured album. And then on top of that, the vocals are amazing. And then the lyrics of that, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a well-rounded album. Um, it's, it, I just, I, 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 I'm guessing these guys will take quite a while to create another uh, masterpiece, but um, this one is, is a nice one to sit on for a while, you know? Indeed. Um, yeah, just soaring melodic vocals, extremely tight drumming. Uh, the drumming is actually one of the biggest highlights on the record for me. The, the drummer Brody actually drums for uh, Exist, which is a tech death band. 
and uh, his contribution to this album is is massive. Like he's a fucking beast, man. His uh, he does these car bomb covers that are just like really on point. And I'm, that's that's a pretty challenging band to do drum covers for, considering that Whew. there's so much uh, metric modulation and so much uh, just you know retardando and accelerando and uh, just I guess rubato is the term I'm looking for. There's a lot of speeding up and slowing down. Um, anyway, so you, you got to be a master to cover that shit. So, um, what tracks did you enjoy, Levi? Oh, um, Bird, and then uh, the Aesop one as well. Really enjoyed yeah. Aesop. I, th- I think that Aesop is is actually probably one of the better tracks on this record. Um, I liked Apogee as well. The, the first, again, just talking about coming out of the gates with a very strong track. Apogee is definitely just that lovely staccato chaos intro um some exemplary pull-offs all of the fall of troy and just followed by this excellent groove with really sick guitar harmonization um and then speaking of groove aesop is really the groove track on this album i think it's just it just goes so fucking hard i find myself like humming it a lot you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> really just great back and forth play with the vocals on that one too but i think um i think picayune actually might be like the best track on the album like objectively speaking though um so I mean, naturally, with uh, all these bands right now, you know, we're all trying to give bands more, uh, a little extra support, you know, uh, with Bandcamp and all that good stuff. Uh, but uh, these are gonna, this is gonna be one of the, it's gonna be one of the bands that have uh, physical copies, and these guys have an amazing, like, blue uh, colored vinyl for this release. Uh, so not only did they put in the work, man, they put in that extra money, and uh, they got a, they got a record, a physical record for you. So uh, anybody that likes this, uh, definitely, you know, just buy that shit. Yeah, and tomorrow Bandcamp will be doing uh, waiving all fees again. So if this episode is published before then, hopefully we can help remind you to go buy shit on Bandcamp, and that's something that you could definitely pick up. Yep. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I also liked Noel. Just getting back to the tracks that I, I enjoyed, I feel like that had some of the albums like arguably heavier moments. Um, and it's also the last track on the album, and it has a really nice ending, which uh, was sort of. I feel like they they approach the ending kind of in a creative way. The ending is just like some nice guitar harmony with snare clicks. And then it just kind of ends, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. it was really satisfying for me though. Um, but, uh, I think we should go ahead and give him picky in. Ooh. Okay. I think that, I think that was the lead single. So I think it sort of makes sense to give him that one. And it's sort of, again, track nine on this album. Yeah. Definitely going way deeper. My, my knee jerk reaction is to give you apogee it's the most like math core quote unquote track but yep um but yeah we're gonna go ahead and give you picayune which is track nine from Sater's new album locus and that came out on february 2nd of 2020 here we go
Alright, so that was Picayune, which is track 9 from Seder's new full-length album, Locus, which came out back in February. So next, uh, we're going to give you some listener questions. Every episode, we're going to start asking you guys to leave us some voice memos with any questions. If you want to just send us anything funny, you can certainly do that too. I'm going to set up a Voxer, um, but you can always email it to us, Instagram or Facebook, and uh, maybe we'll play it on the podcast. So this one comes from the homie... uh, Junier Escartin from uh, Panama. That's what he has to say. Yeah, about the net spans, uh, I saw that appear on their story. Is there any uh, a news feed where where do they appear on the? So I can. It's because uh, I've been I've been busy due to my job, but I wanted to check out this this band's. Uh, is there any news feed or something where you uh, will post it again? I would like to see those bands. Yeah, uh, so Union definitely, let me turn my game down a bit. You can find basically all the bands that I'm spamming on our Instagram story. I'm also spamming on Facebook, like in kind of a loop. I sort of wait like six to 12 months before I, I post any band a second time, like with an FFO, because what he's referring to is a post about the Motion Mosaic where I kind of 
plugged it very quickly on my Instagram story with you know a three band FFO as I am wont to do. Um, but you can find all those bands in a quick uh, on the timeline of our Facebook page because we, we everything that I'm posting in our Instagram story is undoubtedly getting posted to Facebook too. I I think I post to Facebook like ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of absurd. Christian repeats himself in a good way as far as posting stuff. He definitely Yeah, totally. We yeah. we do make our posts redundant as possible that way you don't have to switch platforms to see the same thing, but um I'd say that Twitter is probably where you're going to find the least amount of stuff, Instagram next and then Facebook is like a constant fucking stream of posts cuz I can't I can't like use our Instagram you know to just continually post album releases like necessarily i can do it from the story but like just to do it like on the main posts is a little too much traffic yeah. uh, for instagram i think or a little too many too much posting rather i'm failing <laughs> to explain this properly but yeah go to facebook if you want to see all the stuff i'm posting on our story in one nice like you know one nice timeline christian's such an animal he will post on every platform and then he'll fucking text me if it's essential that i have to listen to it so he still <laughs> remembers his boys after that so yeah i I try to text it to you first, but yeah, sometimes I'm just like, I want to be the first one to post about it. <laughs> yep, yep, it's all good. I want that that sweet blogger cred, you know. Yep. Yeah, if, um, if you follow Christian in any way, you're doing yourself a solid for sure. Finding new music, especially. Thanks, bud. Like, yep. Whatever, dude. What I, you know? What can I say? I've made myself uh, an indispensable source. <laughs> Let, I do the work for you. Yep. Um, and uh, let's see here. Go ahead and got some other questions here. I've got another one here. This is from uh, this is from the homie Brody, who is a uh, uh, you know he's like a young mathcore fan, and I'm just like really excited to see someone in like a a bit younger who is into this music, and that like just fucking really makes my day. I'm glad to see that there's there's like fresh blood coming into this scene, you know, because uh, if if the kids aren't enjoying crazy weird wonky music anymore, then it's gonna go away. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is, is Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and play Brody's uh, voice memo here. When's Math Core Index Fest 2020? Oh, man. That's a fucking good question. Well, um, Brody, we were going to do it. Uh, it's going to be this July. I'm just going to say it right now. It's going to be July, mid-July. Um... I don't want to say the date because you might be able to pinpoint where it is and we're not fully sure if we're even going to announce it at this point because of shelter in place and because of people saying that concerts probably won't even start happening again until like 2021 20, or 2022, which is really depressing, but it's the reality if uh, we don't want a bunch of people to die, right? Um, <laughs> so we've been, you know, we've been slow playing, making any announcements because we want to see how this stuff pans out. And as a contingency, we are working on doing a live stream fest too um so it'll be in july either way so second week of july all right um and that really narrows it down for you let me see if i've got anything else here so thank you for that question brody really appreciate that oh let's see here so i got one from jeremiah but i can't like open it on my phone because of the type of file it is <laughs> jesus so what I'm gonna you're not gonna be able to hear this one, Levi, but I'm gonna play it for our listeners. I'll let you know when it's over. Hey, Christian and Levi, it's Jeremiah in Dallas. Long time, first time. Hey, I got two questions. Number one, if you're throwing a party and somebody wants to hear a hip hop song, which one do you choose? Second question, 
when this quarantine stuff is over, will I be allowed to go to Georgia, or will I still have to follow the decree from the Callous Cowboys? Thanks, and I will hang up and take your <laughs> answer offline. <laughs> no, no, I think that's, you're just hearing literally background noise from like the water heater or whatever. The, the, um, so his question was, is uh, if we were at a party, what would be the first hip hop song that we would put on? I already know my answer. It would be Gin and Juice for me, for sure. Like everyone fucking loves that song. You cannot go wrong with Gin and Juice. But uh, his his other question is, uh, uh, do I still have to stay out of Georgia after the quarantine is over, as per the Calista boys' orders? <laughs> and I'd say the answer is is no. You can go to Georgia anytime you want, bud. But, uh, yeah, but also, why would you go to Georgia? <laughs> Atlanta, yeah. I don't think anyone actually says that anymore. I think that's like the equivalent of saying saying San Fran. I'm gonna edit all of that out. Just kidding. I'm gonna I'm gonna shame us both. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna embrace the shame of this fucking ramshackle fucking jalopy episode. Um. So I think that's enough listener questions from now. We can just go ahead and move on since you we went on a serious tangent there. Um, oh wait, no. We got. Let's give. Should we do one more from Kevin? Kevin sent us a long ass one. <laughs> okay, here's one from the homie Kevin. Oh, see, this is okay. This is uh, something completely different. I think. I'm not even sure this is a question, but it's ranting. So here we go. Could you imagine if Twisted Metal was a a reality TV show? Simon Whittlebone was the mastermind behind Whittlebone Tower, a skyscraper that was to stretch taller than any building that had come before it. While the building was under construction, Simon climbed to the top of the tower and recited the lyrics to Jane Doe by Converge. He lost his balance and God tried to save him, but he couldn't. He fell to the ground. With the mastermind dead, the tower was never finished. Companies tried to tear down the remains of the tower, but strange and ghostly things kept people at bay. It was at this point in time, no other person could ever recite those lyrics without being torn apart by ghosts. (laughs) So that was definitely a... Twisted Metal Converge crossover rant. <laughs> all right, I think that's that's good for listener questions now. Um, I think that's actually all the voice memos that I can like find immediately, other than you know without going back like a week on my phone. So, um, so let's move on to the next band. So next, we're going to talk about Countdown from Ten. Countdown from Ten are an instrumental math rock trio from Philly. They started in late 2017 with a single, releasing their debut EP in 2018, a live album in 2019, and now they're back with another EP on the instability of air. And, uh, you know, it's instrumental math rock with, again, a lot of groove. I, I think groove is kind of the the highlight of this episode. <laughs> All the bands that we're discussing are, are big on, less on, um, less on just like wild riffs and just really locking into like a fucking a head bobbing kind of odd meter groove um and this band has just come such a long way like their earlier stuff didn't really grab me as much but they really got my attention with this ep yeah i mean just like 
you know how we, we're kind of adverse to instrumental math rock. <laughs> just, I think generally speaking, because yeah. um, there's so many just generic sounding bands in the genre. And I think that's why metalcore fans in general are kind of, uh, you know, maybe apprehensive when in- encountering mathcore index promoting bands like floral. But um, we try to, to touch upon the most exceptional ones. And I feel like this band have just improved so greatly that we, we had to discuss them here. I agree. Um, I, I got to tell you uh, right off the bat, uh, tr- opening track uh, sick day. It, is a solid opening track. It starts off with this upbeat kind of positive math rock vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no filler, no insert needed. Uh, track even includes a classic uh, Woo gang vocals. I love that. That, all, that always uh, gets me. Um, um, and then naturally, when I hear this immediately, I mean, my head's going to fucking Clever Girl uh, UK, uh, just that uh, early kind of Chon thing. Uh, Hella really kind of gave me some uh, interesting Hella and like horse torso, torso vibes too through this album. But but track one just uh, it, it grabbed it grabbed me right away, which made me sit down and listen to the rest of the album. It's like, all right, you have my attention. Let's see. Yeah, it, Sick Day is good, man. It really just gives me those serious, like, King Crimson vibes, especially the song Elephant Talk. I'm not sure if you listen to King Crimson a lot, but they... this No, not as much as I should be. Uh, they, yeah. they use this, like, effects pedal, effect pedal, rather. I think it's... I think it's tremolo, but whatever it is, it just really smacks of retro prog. <laughs> I don't know if that's something people say yet, but there it is, you know? Um, and it just kind of, like, wraps up nicely with a little bit of tapping. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a great track. I also, I think that it's pronounced Bach is probably my favorite song though. That that piano part, um, that is the quiet bit, and those volume dynamics they execute just really reminded me of something that Behold the Octopus might do, which is kind of a far cry, just technically speaking, from what they they do. But it's uh, because it's it's not as like mind blowingly technical. I mean, but. This is a very technical band, though. I mean, if just that comparison alone, I want these guys. I want these guys to understand that, like, I mean, I, I just was, wanted to pump the brakes on that that comparison yeah. there. I want to raise <laughs> hey, whoa, people. Whoa, 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 they whoa. sound like behold the octopus. No, they don't. But it's there's. It reminds me in that way of just the stop start, um, just like crazy runs. Um, they also. It's so funny. They kept pushing botch in their ffo and i was like this band needs to fucking stop comparing themselves to botch to the point where i was like about ready to write them off entirely but track three the jackson pollock of jigsaw puzzles they they the main riff from the tune is like dolly's praying mantis played at double speed it it's so funny they, they, they kept pushing that botch influence and i didn't hear it at all until this song but you know, there it is. They they really, I guess they really do listen to botch because that riff just kind of smacks of it. Yeah, they're they're kind of borrowing some fucking uh, Nudsen isms, if you will. You know, Dave Nudsen's kind of flavor to their some of their riffs here, and the way that they do that build up through repetition, just over and over again, while the drums make some subtle changes underneath. Um, that's very botch like. Uh, speaking of double speed, um, question to the band. Oh yeah. Why did you, why did you put the ba- the album in a double up version where it's just two times as fast because I listened to it and I'm just confused yeah they reverse vaporwave their album and put it on Bandcamp I don't get that either but sons of bitches I mean it, it's something to listen to I suppose it, it sounded interesting <laughs> played it twice sweet I, I'll give them that yeah um, but uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Terra Mellos, Don Caballero and So I Watch You From Afar um, and maybe to a lesser degree some instrumental prog in the vein of Behold the Octopus although not quite mind-blowingly as complex um, I think that you'll you'll dig Countdown from 10. Agreed. So uh, we're going to go ahead and give you, it's pronounced Bach, which is track two. You like how I pronounce Bach correctly, <laughs> by the way, Levi? Yeah, I, I, I do, dude. You're Bach. good. 
You're so great. (laughs) All those years with the symphony finally paid off. You know, here we are. (laughs) Glad I got finally a chance to use that in the real world other than talking to my customers. Yeah, my, but my that patrons. really paid off, didn't it? That was awesome. <laughs> oh, All right, so uh, it's pronounced Bach, track two from the on the instability of air. Countdown from Ten's new EP, and that came out on February 29th of 2020. Here we go.
All right, so that was It's Pronounced Bach, which is track two from Countdown from Tin's new album On the Instability of Air, and that came out back in February. So next we're going to talk about Yuh. Yuh, that's Y-U-H, are a four-piece grindcore band from Honolulu, Hawaii, featuring members of Burmese. Uh, Yuh started in early 2019, according to Facebook, but didn't release their first EP until March of this year. And of course, there's really not a lot to speak of, um, because it's just the one demo that barely clears 10 minutes, but the material is super promising, um, kind of borders some mathcore flavor, so we felt like it needed to be included here. Um, a little background on Burmese. Uh, they're a sludge noisecore band that started back in 98. We're on Death Wish, briefly featured Weasel Walter on drums. So just all that to say, yeah, all that to say, there's some serious fucking pedigree behind this project. Um, you know, there's, again, it's a 10-minute demo, but uh, if you know Burmese, you shouldn't be expecting anything necessarily similar to that. So they're one of those bands that has, like, no guitars. Well, they've got two bassists, two drummers, and, like, two vocals. They're, like, doing, like, the kind of the symmetrical lineup thing, if I'm not mistaken. I remember distinctly at least two bass players and no guitarist when I saw them at Bay Area Death Fest in, like, Ken mode. But I think maybe, speaking of, una- <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, in, in terms of the instrumentation, yeah, very similar to Kailessa. Um, but I'm just saying that I think Ken Mode is kind of an unavoidable influence when you're talking about very like low signal bass heavy kind of projects on the subject of unavoidable influences. Um, but yeah, nothing like Burmese, way less sludge and uh, noise oriented, way more into the grindcore and occasionally mathcore sound. Um, this is giving me serious discordance access vibe. Again, on the subject of unavoidable influences. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I would, I would, I would actually describe this as like a like a chaotic screamo in a way, uh, just super raw and rough um, in a good way, you know. I think it's the vocals. You're so you're always so focused on the vocal approach. So I'm, I'm gonna assume that's probably where you're getting that from. Here's here's my question for you guys: Is Hawaii is there like a is there a good scene there? Like, is there other bands? Are there other bands rather doing grindcore there? I mean, I assume there's probably a, a couple like metal bands of some sort or some degree, but. You know, it's a it's a demo. Just coming back to that, so the ideas and the execution thereof gets progressively rougher. Um, but of course, the, the best material is deposited earlier on and is fucking ripping. I actually did hear a drum playthrough of uh, the last song on the demo last night or the other night, and that kind of made me appreciate the last track more. But this, the production just really doesn't do it justice because it's just you know, it's so rough. But um, they don't just barrage you with blasts and D-beats and call it good. They actually exercise some nice rhythm dynamics on this record, on this demo, rather. Um, and they just keep bringing in those, like, sickly kind of grooves here and there. Um, just back to the whole fact that we're talking about a lot of groove bands this episode. That that first track especially, that whammy bar breakdown that they do, just fucking smacks of something so familiar that I can't put my finger on. It's going to drive me crazy, but oh well. Piron uses that technique quite, exam- uh, quite a bit, for example. It's like that meme of Charlie with the connecting all the dots and the lines from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Where's this riff from? So uh, what, what tracks did you like? 
Uh, so uh, naturally, Body Holiday off the bat is amazing. Yeah. Um, I. That's the best track for yeah, sure. Um. Uh. Track four. First of all, a great name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say track four. Uh, Post Human Highway. That was also pretty solid. But man, I don't fucking it's six tracks of amazingness. Like just all of them ripped through. Um. The longest track is track five, which is a two min two minutes and forty four seconds. Um. Everything else is you know that one minute, minute. So. Yeah, I think the best ideas are in those first few tracks. So let's go ahead and give them. Um, I mean, it's either Body Holiday or the idea of talking like John Wayne for me. Those are the let's best. Let's do track ones. three. They can they can start off with a Body. Nah, holiday. nah, nah. We're good. Let's nah, nah. Let's give them. Let's give them Body Holiday. Ah, okay, That's okay, the okay, cool, cool. Let it rip, baby. Let it rip. <laughs> Don't hate me. Okay, so um, we're gonna give you Body Holiday, which is track one from Ya Demo, which is Ya's new demo, which came out back in uh, on March fifth of twenty twenty. Here we go. So that was Body Holiday by Ya, and that's track one from Ya Demo, which came out back in March. And actually, uh, Mikey, the vocalist of the band, also of Burmese, sent me a couple voice memos. So let's go ahead and play those now. Excuse the car sounds. I'm on the highway like fucking Mad Max over here. I'm on my way to work. I'm essential. <laughs> So I just wanted to say that I think that up to the essential workers. microdosing singularity for long enough now, and I think that whether by human or natural design, this is going to be how we fucking achieve full God sucking his own dick through our bodies and experiences and different lives, singularity, Ouroboros style, via <laughs> interwebs. Hold on, there's another one. And that's what I say, because I'm a boomer, uh, and we, we're not even supposed to go outside now unless it's essential activity or work, so we're going to be boofing the fucking social media, we're going to be boofing the Google News, the Google News. Boofing is my favorite word. going to be blended into this one Akira fucking pile of humanity Flesh. through digital means and microchips probably and we're just gonna be uh, post-human post-human orboros singularity get ready it's around the corner I can smell it and it smells like nothing and that's the creepy part is that it doesn't have a smell <laughs> Mikey thank you for that that was that's a good that's an album name isn't it <laughs> I think that's I think that's I think that's a Mashuga song um, no, but that's that's so funny because I agree. Actually, uh, in all seriousness, I do think that the singularity is near. Uh, I think that human machine integration is uh, an inevitability, not something to be afraid of. Um, 
It'll extend our potentially our lifespans, our capability to you know do all kinds of extra shit that we normally couldn't, and possibly have new um, immunity, immunities. Who knows? I mean, like being a being a, being a cyborg could be pretty cool. You know. Thanks again for that, Mikey. Go listen to Ya. Go listen to Burmese. Fucking good shit. Get on it. So um, next, we're gonna give you uh, Trying Science. Trying Science are an instrumental math rock prog band from Austin. I didn't take note of how many members. Um, they started in <laughs> they started in uh, 2014, according to Facebook, but didn't release their sizable debut EP or LP, if you'd like, until 2016. Which I definitely remember, like making the rounds around the same time we started this podcast. Actually, I think they're, yeah, I think they're one of the first bands that we were potentially going to discuss, but just didn't because we were trying to not include instrumental math rock bands. But we've we've caved fully, and this is like instrumental Delta Sleep or Delta Sleep's old instrumentals. <laughs> yeah, especially I Heart Savlon. I just really was jumping out of me over and over again. Uh, I uh, I really enjoyed the the Bitcoin and Chill. Uh, I thought Math Salt's just the title was fucking hilarious. Yes, that's that's one of the better tracks on the album too. Yep. Uh, some so this I mean we got we got we got a bit of a instrumental on this uh on this episode. I will be honest this I broke uh, it up band, for you though. Yeah, <laughs> I put yeah. you in between the two instrumental bands very strategically. <laughs> Thank you. Uh yeah, this this was it was soft, jammy, pretty you know, a little technical. It it didn't grab me as much as the other bands. Um but with with instrumental bands, Christian and I will always generally 75-80% of the time be like, you know what? Could have used some vocals in there. Could have would have appreciated that. I uh I don't know, man. It, I would say uh, I enjoyed Bitcoin and Chill the most and other than that, it was it it was a it was an alright uh, EP. What you're Just, saying, but I think I, what you're about to say though, and you may have gotten off track is that um it doesn't feel like a waste in other words, right? Like they don't feel it doesn't feel like there needs to be vocals included in this. <laughs> You know, with four, with these, with EPs like this, I always talk about just the digestibility of like an album. You know, and I think four or five tracks, no matter what it is, who can't sit through four or five tracks? You know, right. and just digest the album. And something like this, where I might have written off right away, I, it at least made me sit down and just listen to the whole thing. You know, not I'm, I think I listened to this uh, three times, and after the third time, I was like, you know what? Yep, I, I decided not my thing. But uh, overall, um, it's just truly just uh, uh, instrumentals right now are aren't grabbing me as much so it's definitely a kind of a biased uh, little opinion there no, again i think we, we've talked about that many times we, we don't really gravitate towards instrumental bands very often but um i feel like this one needed to be included these guys have been working like really hard for the last few years and they've, they've come out with something that did actually grab me over their previous stuff so i'll, I'll agree i i mean yeah uh, if anything this band uh from what they were if we're if we're comparing like you know in hindsight from where they were the, where they were then and now um this is an amazing release dude uh it's great uh and just once again this is just my small little opinion just do you remember that that first ep though like we talked I about do. covering I, it like yes. the cover with the little monsters on the front of it yep absolutely dude um uh mo- i gotta tell you most of the bands that like almost make it i remember you know um where we kind of like had to, and Christian and I have had rules over the years that we we break our own rules, and we you definitely will. I mean, nowadays we just we we throw whoever's on that that's good, and we'll in like this he'll break it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is definitely more instrumental uh, bands on this episode than we've had in a while. Yeah, we so. we definitely dialed it back for a bit. 
I think it just now people expect us to go ahead and just throw it in the mix because we, we show love to the math rock scene too and the prog scene and the grindcore scene and the screamo scene and anything that's even remotely adjacent to be honest <laughs> it doesn't take a lot <laughs> and yeah I really liked uh, I did like math salts a lot I feel like that had that battles vibe really excellent yeah you know like yep. I, I think it's the guitar effects that was giving me that impression maybe um but uh, yeah, very very big time battles, really fucking good per- like percussion all throughout this release actually. Um, mm-hmm. Especially in in Secret Soup too, I, I think it's maybe the um, the little wood blocks and like little percussive knickknacks here and there, the auxiliary percussion that was maybe evoking Delta Sleep for me. Because Blake is just such a fucking good drummer, so I really really a- a- appreciate his approach, and I feel like this drummer's approach is really really similar, like his. His playing like really reminds me of Blake from Delta Sleep. Um, so on that note, I think that Secret Soup is probably overall the best track on the album. So let's give him that one. Bring it on. So we're going to give you Secret Soup, which is track two from Trying Science's new EP next. And that came out on February 28th of 2020. Here we go. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
Okay, so that was Secret Soup, which is track two from Trying Science's new EP, Next, and that came out back in February. So next, we're going to give you your release radar for the month of March. So first up, uh, Meth released a collection of B-sides, demos, and old ideas. So if you're interested to hear some of the earlier takes from Mother of Red Light songs, you can hear that now on Bandcamp. Actually really liking hearing some of the uh, the tracks that didn't make the cut. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, if we're even just comparing I Love You uh, to uh, Mother Red Light, uh, I, so, I mean, obviously it was kind of cool to see this, um, you know, them working it out and seeing the ultimate, alternate takes. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think, I, I think it's kind of cool and original or just bands don't do it enough just releasing, you know, the B-sides. Yeah, just like give you something to chew on during uh, quarantine. Step Back, Gushing Eggheads by Ratzak, which we discussed earlier on this episode. Um, Old Patterns by Orphan Donor, which is the homie Jared of Secret Cutter and October Skyline. And just big shout out to Jared. He provided us with a ton of fucking excellent footage of Daughters and an albatross. Um, so thank you so much again for that, Jared. Uh, if this is the future, then I'm in the dark by No Note, featuring members of The Heads Are Zeros and The Wind in the Trees. The homie David is just a busy, busy boy. Uh, and it's so funny. They released the album and then they broke up. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> he he does that kind of shit. He's, he's funny. Um, he just is like quite the artist, though, for real, man. Fucking excellent guitarist, great songwriter. Anyway, um... Tiny Daniel by Tang, the uh, instrumental math rock prog trio from Oregon. Last Day of Sun by Terror Cell, featuring members of Black Matter Device. Behold the Octopus released a new single. Um, Under the Pier released two new singles, which we'll be talking about later on in this episode. Uh, and they also re- announced their new album, Puff Pieces, will be out May 1st via Dark Trail Records. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the hard plug there it is um, Thin released two new singles they're going to release their new album on April 20th here Codex Orzova featuring members of Noise Says dropped a single Casters Hollow dropped a single Snakehound dropped a single and a new music video Entheos new single Limbs Filipino Mathcore new single Moths Texas Screamo new single uh, Zombie Shark new single and music video Piron dropped a new single uh, P.S. You're Dead dropped a demo, which is fucking sick. You should go check that out now. Probably talk about them next episode. Uh, yeah, dropped that demo. Hirsch Effect, two new singles. Uh, Foes, two new singles and a music video. The album is actually out now as we speak, but um, <laughs> I'll be saying it again next release radar. And Post Violence by Florida Man. If you haven't heard that, it's fucking really, really good shit. Uh, and then also Eat It Up by Worm Hero, featuring members of. Forget Our Names and Requiem of Torment. And yeah, so those kids have really stepped it up on this release. It's fucking, I gotta say, it's it's the homie Jesse's best shit yet. Like, they've done quite a few different projects to my memory, but this is by far their best stuff. So shout out to Jesse. So that was your release radar for the month of March. And apparently April, since we're practically in fucking May and I'm getting lost. So next, we're going to talk about Triage. And this is a band that our Patreon supporters voted on, so thank you so much for that, guys. Triage are a death crime trio from Texas, featuring current and former members of Cognizant and Kill the Client, respectively. Uh, they're a new band, 
They just dropped their debut full length back in February, and holy fuck, it is nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned before, the band features members of Kill the Client, namely Brian Fajardo, uh, who has drummed for bands like, again, uh, Kill the Client, Noisier, Gridlink, and currently Cognizant. So, fucking amazing. One of the best grind drummers out there. Uh, vocalist Champ Morgan of Black Ops, and also formerly of Kill the Client, who guested on that Fawn Limbs album, Harmer Missions. And uh, Chris Richardson on Strings, who was also previously in Kill the Client. So this is some really good grind pedigree here. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Levi. I didn't really get a whole lot of notes on this one. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I love Champ's vocals. I got to say, uh, he has such a crazy, like, it's just like muffled approach to his vocals. I It's just, it's gritty and it really added to this album. Uh, I I mean, I was a really big uh, Kill the Client fan uh, back in the day, Uh and I just think it's, I would call this almost like a, like a little bit of a grind super group or something like that. It kind of is. Uh, uh, if they weren't all yeah. in the same band previously, you could say that easier, but <laughs> yeah. And I really wish, I, I really wish they posted the lyrics. I would have loved to like just read what the fuck these dudes are pissed about. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, overall, I really enjoyed the, the track. Um, uh, Warface, I believe would be my favorite. Yeah, that was one of my favorites too. Um, yeah, I also really liked Police State and PTSD. Um, you know, it's not it just. I think my notes are scant because they're not really reinventing the wheel here. Um, so, so I, this is just like yeah. I mean, we got the same idea going on. I mean, the music itself is just so simple. Not not simple. I mean, just so straightforward and aggressive that like our our notes are just like uh, it's track four tracks and it's fucking heavy see to, I mean, like, it, really, to Yuh's like, credit yeah is doing something that is i think a bit more on the experimental side and there's nothing wrong with doing something that is um isn't particularly new or groundbreaking but that's what this record is you know it's just it's just solid death grind and that's there's really not a whole lot else to say about it i guess mm-hmm. with with exceptional pedigree in the members I got nothing else. <laughs> That's it. Yo, I find this very specific and kind of funky. Um, so they don't have a physical record, okay? They don't have a physical copy. Um, you always have like a bonus track, right? Well, here, you know, naturally on Bandcamp, you're able to listen to all the tracks. And if you buy the buy the album, you would get all the tracks. But track 14 itself is a bonus track, which is free. They put the price on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so like, wait, like... So once my listens run out, I can still listen to the free track, the bonus track. <laughs> I, I find it very interesting that you guys are adding a bonus track to a digital uh, release. Uh, it's it is. Then you're putting up. Anyways, I don't know. I, my, 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 my head hurts now. So actually. normally, normally how you would do that is the bonus track is not available to public listening. You have to buy the digital and then you get access to the bonus track. That's normally how that one goes. Ah. So you're saying the bonus well, track is, is is visible on Bandcamp right now without purchasing the album? Yes, sir. And huh. it says and the, and then the, and then not really a bonus free. track, then, is it? Yeah. No, it says free afterwards. So that kind of it confuses me. So, anyways, that's uh, yeah. Uh, what track did you like, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to compartmentalize that. Uh, I don't either. So yeah, Police State is the track. I think we should let's give that. So cool. we're gonna yeah, give you uh, a yeah. Police State, which is track three from Triage's self-titled full-length album, which came out on. February 9th of 2020. Here we go.
All right, so that was PTSD, which is track five from Triage's new full-length album, and that came out back in February. And uh, so next we're going to give you Citrus Wavelengths. This is another band that our Patreon supporters voted on, so thanks again for that, guys. And uh, Citrus Wavelengths, formerly a progressive metal duo turned quintet and now turned one-person project from Illinois. Yeah, so this, this band has seen not one, not two, but three iterations. Uh, initially, it started out as a family metal duo, like two brothers. Um, just two brothers. They're just two brothers. <laughs> um, anyway, they released their first single in 2014 as part of an intended album, which didn't see the light of day until five years later, last year, that is. Um, and now the band has returned as a solo project headed by guitarist, by the original guitarist, uh, with a new album, The Groundhog Sees Its Shadow. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying, this band was formed by two brothers, Bryson and Brendan Doby. At one point featured Seb Alvarez and Zach Farrar of Meth on Vox and guitar, respectively. Um, so, great, great pedigree originally. Um, the original direction, though, was nothing like what you'd expect, given those members I just mentioned. Like, it's nothing like Meth. It is, or any of the other projects that Seb has been in, or Zach, for that matter. Uh, this material is way more... It's way more like post-metal and progressive metal leaning, um, but still embraces, I mean, it embraces atmospheric aesthetics, as you might expect from a post-metal kind of band. Um, Some of the tracks are just really long, like the older material was far more ambitious in terms of scope. One of the tracks cleared eight minutes, another cleared 12. I really enjoy how high the bass is turned up um, in uh, all the mixes. the this whole album uh i would describe it as a cruise um i rarely say this but uh i didn't i don't think this this band needs vocals as as far as our last conversation here is going on instrumentals and everything uh i really thoroughly enjoyed this uh this release and that's all i really gotta say man you know i gotta disagree with you i this is the one where i'm like ah i definitely wish there was vocals on this but wow okay wow yeah i i at least uh, i feel like the material is strong that being said but um yeah, it really could have, it could have used some flushing out with some some vocals, you know, something to give it memorability. I feel like that's the one thing that a lot of instrumental bands are suffering from is that they don't have, uh, <laughs> I don't know, they don't have memorable qualities, but like lyrics are just something that really helps you tie yourself to the music emotionally speaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but um. I don't think it's it's worse for it though. It's it's still a it's still a, a great a great listen and um, tracks that I enjoyed. I really liked four hundred three and toothless. I feel like those are the best that, that the project has to offer. Um, toothless is the one that kind of bring back that old atmospheric sound that they used to embrace for a second, but uh, it has some of like the the heavier moments, like really dissonant riffs, off kilter kind of breakdown grooves. There's no like really true breakdowns on the album. You know, it's no, no. They're yeah. like their break, um, breakdown grooves, if you will. It's like a fast breakdown. I really enjoyed 403. I think that would be the track, actually. Cool. I, I definitely stand on that. Great. Um, I agree. So we're going to go ahead and give you 403, which is track two from Citrus Wavelength's new album, The Groundhog Sees Its Shadow. And I'll tell you when that came out when we come back. Here we go.
All right, so that was 403 by Citrus Wavelengths, and that's off their new album, The Groundhog Sees Its Shadow, and that came out on February 2nd. So next, we're going to give you some more listener questions. The homie Matt Guthrie of Half Slug asks, in your opinion, what are bands doing wrong most? Uh, yeah, I want Christian to take this one over. I'm, I'd much rather hear what Christian's uh, input is because, I mean, not only are you doing Mathcore Index, you're also doing Dark Shell Records and uh, used to book shows back in the day, used to be in bands too. I myself just nod my, hand, my, my uh, head at shows, so I have no authority here. Well, in my, my opinion, I was really excited to tackle this one. I think a lot of bands are overvaluing digital artifacts. You guys are charging too much for your fucking debut, you know, your debut EP, you can't be charging a dollar a track for a band that no one knows about yet for digital. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So in my opinion, I feel like a lot of newer underground bands, the way they're fucking up is they're charging too much for their music. You should be doing name your own price. I mean, Bandcamp just really rewards that kind of lower or name your own price kind of scaling by giving you more exposure through their platform. A lot of these bands are not putting their stuff on Bandcamp. They'll just put like a single on YouTube, which drives me crazy. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to your shit on YouTube. Like I'm uh, on my phone. I can't keep YouTube minimized and still listen to the song. It has been a three-year conversation with us with the podcast and everything. It's like I can't find the Bandcamp, and you're like, they don't have a Bandcamp. I'm like, they don't have a Bandcamp. Then where we're going to a oh, god damn it, like that kind of thing. We've talked about this so many fucking times. It's it's so redundant on this podcast at this point. But I'm gonna say it again for those. Say it again louder for those in the back. Don't charge a dollar a song for digital. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to like maybe price match a little bit by doing a bit more than a dollar, you know. Um, but I know I get that because you're trying to like move your physicals, perhaps. But yeah, just just don't do it. Like you'll you'll get more visibility by doing name your own price. If you spent thousands of dollars in the studio, then of course charge a little bit of money for your fucking digital. But you know, don't get greedy. Your shit's for free on Spotify. So either don't put it on Spotify or don't overvalue your fucking tracks on Bandcamp because people are not going to give you any transactions at all if you're charging too much. And, you know, if, if it's your label, unless you're like on a huge fucking label that's just got like thousands of dollars of PR backing or whatever, you've got like a huge PR campaign going and you're promoting the album specifically on Spotify and streaming services other than Bandcamp, then I guess I get it. But if you're underground, there is absolutely no way you should not be putting your shit on Bandcamp. Uh, even closed casket activities, which is an indie label, but they're kind of getting really big right now. They still have a fucking band camp. Good Fight Entertainment still has a band camp. Prosthetic, you know, kind of a, they don't have the best rep right now, but band camp. Like, put your fucking shit on band camp. Don't be stupid. Um, what else? Uh, not, 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 uh, po- don't drop your entire album without making any announcements unless you have a huge following like unless you're frontier or Methwitch, and you don't need to like fucking necessarily build up with a, a huge pr campaign you can just drop an album and people will be ready to hear it you know drop a single drop another single i give it a do a, a month of, of teasing your release don't just like come out drop the full thing and then go looking for labels to release the album for you retroactively because that ain't gonna happen like I've got all these bands who have just like put out their album and then they message me and they're like, Hey, do you want to put this out on vinyl? It's like, well, no, absolutely not. Like you already released the album. 
There's nothing for me to tease. There's no there's no campaign possible now to build up hype for selling the vinyl because you've already been making sales on Bandcamp and thereby Yeah, you've already you've already lost money on the vinyl by allowing people to buy the album in full prior to there being a physical. Like unless you're really lucky and you've got diehard fans and they're willing to double buy, and there are those people, like, don't get me wrong, but don't bank on that shit. That's it. <laughs> I think that's, those are the two, two or three main points. You know, charge less money, have your shit on Bandcamp, and uh, don't just drop your fucking album willy nilly without any sort of strategy. Have a strategy for fuck's sake. So thank you for that question, Matt. <laughs> I was fucking frothing at the mouth waiting to answer that one. I feel like some bands, I, I, I don't. Maybe not everybody thinks it through, but you don't have to buy a hundred million you know albums like when you guys like print things and like cds and cassettes and like physicals like physicals are 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 manageable you know i mean if you guys you know you purchase and you invest and everything i mean i I feel like every band out there can 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 figure this out you know to like it's it's i mean it's it's, ultimately it's very easy these days to produce a product and, and still be very diy and to make somewhat of a profit and all it takes is just to invest and that's just you know business 101 and i just feel like some yeah, some people out your band some bands just are doing them, themselves a discredit by not having a physical because it's like it's such a good album why can't i fucking have it you know truly yeah, yeah put it up put out physicals don't don't just release digital and then not have physicals available at the same time unless we're talking about like your debut demo or something like I don't know. So yeah, uh, the, I guess the takeaway here is put your shit on Bandcamp, don't overcharge, and don't just drop an album and then expect labels to like back you with, with physicals after the fact. Like, <laughs> do some campaigning. Yeah. <laughs> Message some people. Like, <laughs> Anywho. Um, and then uh, Chris Deering asks, what are our favorite albums of the year so far? What are our albums of the year so far? Thank you for that question, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into that one, but I'll say the albums that I am enjoying right now are Floral, Methwitch, and um, Under the Pier, which comes out um, tomorrow officially. So it's, I mean, it, it's it's really early to tell. I mean, like what I what I've been playing a lot and what I've been re- what I just recently like gave money to and everything. Um, I've been really focusing on like a lot of new fucking screamo, um, just the screamo revival. Uh, and, what was that uh, one band that I sent you the other day that you were really into? Um, I noticed you bought it on Bandcamp like right after that. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, 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 Infant, Infant Island, Island. Infant Island, so, which is coming out on Zegama Beach. Definitely a big yeah. plug there. That's some good so, shit. So my albums of the year so far, um, and I'm telling you right now, I've been on a super huge screamo, like going back to old screamo and everything for like the last like month. Um, so I'm gonna say uh, Infant Island, uh, Redwoods. Uh, oh, that's from, good too. Uh, SoCal, the uh, fucking amazing fucking screamo, uh, and that uh, it re- very like welcome to the plague year. I have sent this Redwoods to like numerous people like that I used to trade records with back in the day, and they're like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like, when did this come out? I'm like, "Fucking now, motherfucker!" Like, <laughs> uh, but on top of that, um, no note. Uh, I believe that's uh, members of what Wind in the Trees. Yeah, exactly, or- and the heads are zeros. It's like the screamo, the screamo of like screaming down the fucking hallway. Just that, 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 that distant like Senza kind of thing going on. Um, anyways, those would be my three: uh, Infant Island, No Note, and Redwoods. Cool, love it. All right, well, thank you so much for those listener question, guys. Really do appreciate that. I mean, legitimately, these are fun. So yeah, I, I love keep, doing them. Keep yeah. Them coming. Yep. 
it's always nice to like finally. I mean, it's it's nice to finally hear from people who've been listening to the podcast presumably for a long time, and yep. bring them in. So let's see here. Who are we talking about next? Next, we're going to talk about Under the Pier. Under the Pier are a oh shit, just started up Netflix. Under the Pier are a four-piece mathcore band from Baltimore, Maryland. They started back in 2019, releasing their debut self-titled EP in August of last year, which I loved. Made the rounds online, uh, including this podcast, and now the band have returned with their debut album, Puff Pieces, which they're releasing via Dark Trail Records on May 1st. And uh, we also premiered a really sick music video for this, uh, their first single, that is, Four-Sided Triangle, which I will link for you in the comments. They play an extremely brutal and breakdown-oriented combination of mathcore and technical deathcore, which will undoubtedly hit the spot for all of our listeners. They really just know how to write a catchy yet technical tune, which is an extremely hard balance to strike. Describing sometimes like almost like this like zany effect uh, that you'd get from like like a heavy heavy low low or like uh, into the moat too. I don't know how to describe that, but it's a uh, super technical man for sure. They it is kind of zany in its own way, just in the way the some of the guitar runs are like they they the guitars sway from being that's the big highlight on this release for me by the way um they they sway from being angular and dissonant to chuggy and heavy which is just like the perfect combination of what this band is trying to accomplish you know it's like there's often sick little like guitar runs in between chugs in a way that just reminds me of into the moat under the pier into the moat <laughs> prepositional phrase club um or the plasma rifle used to do you know what i'm talking about how it's like a a, a couple chugs danza does it a lot too you know chugs and then a, a guitar run in between and it's like this it's just a fucking great flavor man like they, they just have into the moat and the red chord set the bar so high for that math core death core combination and i i feel like they're the first band that's legitimately kind of reminding me of of that sound but still bringing their own spin to it. Like, I don't feel like they're, they have any of the, the same kind of tropes that usually plagues deathcore. Like, um, as you know, on their first EP, it definitely was kind of a bit more like that. Like the, the progression between these two EPs is massive or the, between the EP and the album is, is crazy. Uh, everything is improved. As I was just saying from the vocals and lyrics, the guitar work, the drumming, and just most importantly, the songwriting. Like I meant it when I said I loved the EP, but the leaping quality here is just very notable as they've abandoned most, if not all, the tropes that were, again, we, we typically associate with deathcore. And a great music video, too, you know? Like, very <laughs> super minimalist, just the four of them yeah, in a smoking room. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I think that's effective, and I think that's what you need, you know? Just simple and effective music video is, is the best way to go, in my opinion. Nice image of the band, not, not a fucking silly narrative over it, um, or a, a contrived narrative, if you will. I feel like Callus Dowboy's fake dinosaur bones really hit a, a perfect balance there with just the band performing in a forest, very simple, and a little playful narrative of Carson getting more progressively injured as the, the video goes on. But um, mm-hmm. again, um, very, very we, uh, into the moat on that oh. note had a very minimalist music video for Empty Shell, like just them in like a, a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember what, uh, I believe it was one of their first singles they released uh, for that for their main one they did with a um, uh, metal blade, but uh, it was also just like live 
uh, a live uh, video. Yeah, it was empty. Which is also pretty just yeah. yeah was, was that empty shell? Yeah, that was empty shell. It's them performing in a fucking warehouse, uh, you know. And we, it's like uh, since we're doing this episode so late uh, and having to redo it, uh, just the other day, uh, Josh of uh, uh, Dadcore uh, did an interview, I believe, with the vocalist. Yeah, with Jesse. Was that? Yeah, with Jesse. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't got to listen to that yet, but um, yeah. I haven't either, but that. I'll be sure to link that for you in the description. I think it's just on Facebook right now. They haven't published it to iTunes and Spotify, but hopefully soon. Those um, goddamn dads. Yeah, those those dads. Those dads. Um, but yeah, I just I really loved this album. I love the guitar performance on this album. There's something about the, the, the flavor of those riffs that just please both my body and mind in such a satisfying way as it brings those deathcore breakdown-oriented sensibilities and just applies them perfectly to, to mathcore technicality. Well, again, abandoning all, like, the tropes. Um, they, they basically, they keep you guessing, but still give you satisfying parts for your body, parts that you can mosh to are still still exist in this band's it, you know, in this band's world, <laughs> guaranteed to give you that tingle that you like downstairs. Uh, highlight that highlight tracks feeling? for me. Yeah, the the big time tingle. Um, the big time tingle. Uh, the the highlights for me were four sided triangle, uh, probably because of the music video. Um, Wagon wheel on repeat until you kill <laughs> until you kill yourself, which is a great fucking song title. Um, yep. I, apparently, Jesse used to like work at a a bar that was like a cover bar, you know, they do like cover bands coming in all the time. So you would have to suffer through all these terrible, you know, covers of wagon wheel. <laughs> God damn. That, that truly does sound like hell. Um, and by attrition, yep. which is like the last, the last track on the album. That's actually, um, not an instrumental. So, which leads me to my, my one, my one critique is, well, first of all, the album is not long enough. I mean, it's like barely an LP. It's like 23, 24 minutes. So they, they really just like leave you wanting more. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm going to start over with that critique. What was I trying to say there? Okay, right. I think that was it. Yeah, just the album was just too short. Okay. Um, I wish they would have they would have given us a bit more. And they kind of like leave you wanting more at the end. But uh, fortunately, the even though they end it with an instrumental, which is kind of an odd way to end the album, like a, just a clean instrumental with no percussion, no vocals, uh, it doesn't feel like a waste, actually. I don't skip that final instrumental track. It's kind of like a nice, lovely catharsis um, to sort of wrap up that like 23, 24 minutes of chaos that you, you just enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm not one to really uh, not like an album that's not super long i mean I, I like short albums too i mean see you next tuesday parasite is 18 minutes we still call that an lp unsilent <laughs> unsilent death is a fucking i think is 15 minutes or is definitely not 20 minutes so and we call that an lp as well I, I think that what qualifies an lp is just a coherent collection of ideas and not just a bunch of mishmash singles that feel disparate so to, to their credit they really did despite its length uh, I felt like the material on this album is extremely strong and it's sure to please any fans of, of classic and modern mathcore. And if you're a fan of Into the Moat, The Red Chord, or uh, maybe Car Bomb to a lesser extent, Botch to some extent, just given the plentiful use of artificial harmonics, I think that you'll, you'll really enjoy this record. What tracks did you like, Levi? I would say Wagon Wheel uh, and then uh, Four Sided Triangle were my two favorite. Yeah, wagon wheel on repeat until you kill yourself. <laughs> Isn't that just a fucking mood? 
Yeah, apparently the vocalist Jesse used to work at like a, a a cover bar or a bar where they would always have cover bands playing, that is. So there'd always be some fucking folky dipshits playing, you know, wagon wheel on repeat. Like, yeah, that, that song is, is, I'm sure it would probably really fucking drive you nuts after the, the 20th time on the same day. And so, yeah, I like that song a lot too, actually. Hilarious song title, but also a fucking one of the best tunes on the album. Um, and I really liked By Attrition as well, which is like the last the last track on the album that's not like an instrumental. That, that was like the one thing that sort of um, I felt like was the weakness of this album. I mean, number one, it's only nine tracks. And number two, it's it's rather short. You know, it's only about 23, 24 minutes. So it's barely justifiable as an LP. And the last track is an instrumental. However, there's so much quality packed into those 23, 24 minutes. And the instrumental itself is like a nice way to end the album. You know, it kind of is, uh, it's calm, but also unsettling. Yeah. And sort of atmospheric, just like, just a guitar playing like sort of a melancholy little, little doodly do. And then the album is over, but I thought it was a nice way to end it actually. So we're going to listen to four sided triangle, which is track two from puff pieces, uh, by under the pier. And that's coming out May 1st via dark trail records. Here we go. Right, so that was Four-Sided Triangle, which is track two from Under the Pier's new album, Puff Pieces, and that's coming out May 1st via Dark Trail Records. So next we're going to talk about Thin. Thin are a... Sorry, I clipped a bit there. Thin are a three-piece math core tech crime band from Brooklyn, New York. 
featuring ex-members of Mary Todd, who played our first annual fest, and who's they've been featured on this podcast in both iterations. They started last year, releasing their debut EP, Respite Apology, that same year. And uh, now they're back with their debut full-length, Dawn. First of all, I just want to say, really glad to see them not release yet another EP. Like, I <laughs> I get I get t- fatigued. I mean, I, I know you like the digestibility of yeah. EPs, but I get frustrated with the lack of substance from EPs oftentimes. Like, I want to hear these bands fully develop and express ideas and not just have an excuse to slap together a bunch of, of course I love a bunch of sick riffs slapped together, but (laughs) which is pretty much what mathcore is. But I feel like it's just way more thoughtful in the context of a full length album. You're forced to kind of think way more about album flow and therefore song flow. Well, listen, you're definitely, I, I feel like a little bit of a phoning at home. If your EP is consisted of, also an intro like an like an insert intro thing and then then an instrumental then it's like all right well then what do we got we were down to like two or three tracks <laughs> playing you know what i'm saying it's like all right what are we doing here that kind of thing i, I understand that yeah you better not water down your fucking ep with like intro tracks and fucking little instrumentals and little doodads save that shit for your fucking full-length embellishment you know I, w- I want a home pour of whiskey. I want <laughs> I want that one glass that's like three fingers full. You know what I'm saying? Not go to the bar and get that one little shot in with a fucking ice cube. Yeah. That, that home pour. Anyway, uh, Thin, the point point being is they did not disappoint. They came back with a full-length album. Again, <laughs> uh, full-length by grind standards, that is. <laughs> um, as I think it's, again, like 18 minutes or something. But uh, So the, let's, get, let's talk about what they play. Uh, they play an often dissonant form of math core with heavy heavy grindcore influence as many of the yes. track i mean it's 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 basically grindcore but lots of switch ups so certifiably math core um as many of the tracks are super blast heavy and barely clear 60 seconds but again it's still 14 tracks even though one of them is noise and one of them is an instrumental uh it doesn't feel like they wasted any opportunity here again in the context of a full length album was just fine with that Sort of an odd Dude, choice to end the album with noise, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I well, actually, I mean, nah. I don't know. I I don't mind that. I mean, just to end on just whatever. I mean, if and just I moments mean, ago, I was saying how oh, I didn't mind the under the pier ending with instru- you know instrumental, but here I am complaining about you know thin ending with a noise track. I feel like it. It just added. It just the album is frantic in it in its entirety. Yes. And then just to end with just fucking a bunch of noise. I mean, I've kind of viewed it just like with like a. I don't know, a little like feedback or whatever. Uh, I just yeah, you're I, okay I didn't with mind it, it you, at all. Here's yeah, my question for you: Do you skip it? Yeah, because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at least you, hey, you let me know that it's over. That's great, you know. But uh, dude, I gotta tell you this: this uh, for Thin, the vocals. This is a band where the vocals naturally you don't hear you don't hear the actual lyrics. So this is really that a band where it becomes the vocals become another instrument. And truly, fun, his vocals so just diverse in such a small little area of extreme music where he does so many different like variations on his like small window of vocals it's crazy what it is um i, I uh, yeah i really love the vocal performance on this album too it's totally different from like what what is like done in mary todd and everything uh it i was thoroughly impressed with this release yeah uh, it, it, as far as just like frantic just short and sweet yeah they, you know, they've really they've really stepped it up too like this band have come such a long way from mary todd uh i mean mary todd were really sick with this new material is just slightly more infi- refined and way more engaging 
Uh, the production has also improved a great deal, which I think helps with the overall presentation. Um, Agreed. It was actually recorded at and mixed at Backroom Studios, which is Kevin from Dillinger and Knife the Glitter Studio. And if uh, you want to get some discounted recording rates with them, uh, get at us. We can help you get a, a small little discount there if you go record at Backroom Studios in New Jersey. Um, and yeah, as Levi was saying, the vocal performance on this album is a big highlight. Ashley's vocals are just absolutely unhinged, ranging from frantic barks to shrieks to animalistic growls. growls rather. Um, and mm-hmm. he also plays guitars while doing this live, so the whole thing is just really goddamn impressive. I've never seen them as thin, but I've seen them as Mary Todd twice, and they just, yep. they just fucking killed it both times. Uh, some highlights for me, I really liked Dawn. Uh, you know, just right out of the gates, strong track, vocal performance is really frantic and urgent, and the way he just, like, barks out that last line at the end always gets me. Just, da 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 and the song yep. is over. Yep. It shows him really having fun with, with the vocals, you know? Truly, it's very percussive. As you were saying, it, it's less of... Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely an instrument and less less a, less a, less a melodic instrument, more of a percussive instrument yep. rather. Um, I also like to track for prefrontal cortex, just like whoa, those dive bomb sounding things in the beginning of the song, um, and it's just developed that is that riff rather is developed so nicely when the drums change, and it becomes more of a groove and less of a blast. Like that's a really creative switch up, you know, just keeping that the guitar ostinato going and doing endless drum switch-ups. Sort of a disparate comparison, but that's what Botch does. You know, like, they'll they'll be playing the same riff, just like the guitar's going, and the drums will be doing slight switch-ups. So they they implemented that kind of move really well there. Um, I also liked track five, Dendrochronology, uh, which is the big dance number on the album, probably the only dance number, actually, in the album's odd 18-minute runtime, but... This is the track that you basically get a chance to like two step for a second, so I took note of that. Um, I also like serotonin. Just they keep using those sick grooves throughout the entire album. It's employed so frequently where they kind of just like stop blasting for a second and just like hammer home (laughs) on those nauseating chords. Yeah, and they just like break back into blasts for a second, then back to the groove, and then back to the blasts, and it just it works so fucking well. Man, I gotta tell you, as far as like Bandcamp, you were trying to find thin. It's a little hard. You definitely gotta kind of dig into it a little bit. But trust me, guys, they're there for sure. I don't want to interrupt um, you, but they are th- just the, the, like the the grooves that they use really recall Maruda for me. <gasps> Dude, I totally agree with that for sure. Just before I um, lose my place here, Maruda. yeah, yep, yeah, yep, I agree. Like the way that they employ those bends and kind of like sickly grooves in the context of of grindcore is really really interesting. Um, yep. Yeah, they're they're completely ungoogleable. That's the main problem with this band is that you are not going to be able to find them. So look for Thin NYC, all one phrase. Uh, if you're searching for them on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, uh, Bandcamp. Uh, they're uh, just type in Thin like it's spelt, and then uh, they're on the second page. If you just want to be kind of like lazy about it and just page through it and everything, they're just on the second page. It's not too hard to find. I would um, I would search for Thin Dawn, and then you'll probably have a better chance of finding it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, on far as uh, as far as the the tracks go, uh, Dawn would be my favorite. I know it's the opening, but uh, just yeah, those barking little pe- that little piece at the end, it just it legitimately like sm- made me smile and like giggle in like a good way, where I'm like, you fuck, what the fuck? Oh, I guess I that failed kind of to thing, you know? failed to mention that we actually premiered a music video for that, so I'll link that for you in the description as well. He's, Christian's a busy man, tell you. Um, man, the time I wrote I, these I notes, you- I hadn't actually done the premiere yet, so. <laughs> 
Uh, so they uh, Finn. Sometimes I mean, sometimes when I uh, when you go to a band's page, the Bandcamp with whatever uh, amount of reviews are on there, the supporters like the the reviews are kind of like bland or whatever. But man, the supporters of this band they definitely got some good things to say and really well described uh, this band. Uh, it, actually, in different ways than what Christian and I have just did. So um, I I. Yeah, I think this is one. This one individual's uh, uh, claiming uh, channeling a Minutemen, and it's like, oh wow, what? You're fucking right, man! Holy <laughs> okay. shit! Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, I want to say that they uh, they did a good uh, choice by uh, not only having a digital album, but they got that cassette. So hey, thanks. I can purchase it and I can hold it in my hands and appreciate it forever. I wish I would have put out a CD. I would have bought a CD for this. Yeah, word. Um, Another comparison that kept jumping out at me, just given given that there's so much grind with melody, which is sort of uh, an oxymoron, but it's very much how Cloud Rat has been approaching grindcore lately. You know, it's mm. like they're doing melody in seven chords over blasts, which is a total clash with the usual grind aesthetic. But fuck me if it isn't cool to hear those chords in the context, in that context, like a, a proper mice, you know, MySpace mathcore band would do. Like, oh yeah! Uh, like Antarctica would do that too. I'm dating myself here, but like, that, that's something that didn't doesn't really exist anymore. Like just like some blasts with clean guitars and like kind of jazzy chords over the top of it. You don't hear that enough. You kind of get that with a you get that with Worm uh, a bit. Um, the new Worm. Uh, the W V R M. What? Like that one? I don't. Yeah, I'm like not the old, any of that stuff. on their new album at no, all. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm, I'm just thinking about older stuff. Okay. Because like, yeah, the new yeah, album yeah. is just like is fucking not, amazing. I wouldn't, say but... ja- I wouldn't describe as jazzy. No, I'm just talking just the just like the melody over the 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 blasts. Oh, okay, you know? totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. We're not. We're not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying like, hey, speaking of Antarctica, worm. No, no, I wasn't. Going <laughs> All the jazz that. breaks that they use, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, and they do the same thing in Echolocation, which is track 13, one of the other better cuts on this album. Um, track nine, Promenade, true to form. They managed to squeeze in that little acoustic number with a banjo. Um, and it just has that real bluegrass folk feel. And they did that on the last album, didn't they? I think they did that on Respite Apology too. They did. Yeah. They, well, there's some banjo. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So they really, uh, I mean, the Chariot was probably the first to do that, but I like how they did it. It was an interesting way to break up that album. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and give you, uh, Let's give him. Let's give him Don. Yeah, because Don has a music video. So we're gonna give you Don, which is track one from Don, uh, Thin's new album, and that just came out on April twentieth of twenty twenty. Here we go.
Alright, so that was Dawn, which is track one from Thin's new album, Dawn. And that came out uh, back on April 20th. 420, bro. 420, yeah. blazing, bro. Love it. So, uh, let's see here. Before we wrap this up, I just want to remind everybody, if you if you made it this far and you like this podcast, do us a favor and please hop on Spotify and hit follow. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us leave us a review. You know, let us know what you think. Uh, leave us five stars, preferably. We'd prefer that. Um, and uh, of course, go check us out on Patreon. You get a ton of benefits there—a dollar a month minimum. And again, after we hit fifty followers, we're gonna seriously start focusing on putting out more video content. So help us out. You know, throw us a buck, and maybe you'll start getting some serious fucking cool videos of Levi and I ranting on um, a video can I say as opposed something? on a podcast. Um, so, uh, we, 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 this is basically like our s- second and a half time trying to record this episode, uh, due to a corrupted file that I had on my side. <laughs> and then somebody and drilling wanna, outside of my fucking house. Yeah. So I just want, I mean, I just don't, re- I, it, this is the, the, this time around we didn't kind of go over this, but I just want to say, disconnected. Um, well, yeah. Um, so it, it's putting a bit of a timestamp on this, uh, re- on this episode, but episode 43 should have been out in the beginning of the month. Naturally it's at the end of April here and we're just. Uh, putting it out so naturally you're going to see some like the next month or two just like our lovely economy probably we're going to see some overlapping with like the releases and stuff we mentioned some we didn't mention some but also just uh, understand like what christian and i are doing here uh we aren't over like skype or zoom uh christian and i are like basically recording separate uh uh, audio files and then putting them together uh to just kind of make this work so we are this is the first episode ever that we've done remotely separately and so we're trying to piece it together so whatever this ends up being and christian is the 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 producer and the mastermind behind all this so whatever this episode ends up being it's all my um, fault if it's bad basically is what levi's saying basically what i'm trying to say is um (laughs) i'm hands off dog i'm just trying to make a good podcast guys i just want to give it to you um but no on top of that just you know be aware we're not sure you know with california we we've been in uh shelter in place since mid-march um and we're about to go into another um month so we're basically Christian and I won't be dapping and having a beer together until uh, June. So you might get another episode or two like this. Hopefully that's all that you get is another episode or two like this. But uh, just thanks for sticking with us and being patient. And hopefully, you know, uh, whatever this episode is, um, that it's listenable and that you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we do. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. If so, um, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll have (laughs) have this ironed out in a little more fluid uh, by the next time the next podcast comes around and hopefully that won't be too far in the future um, it is basically tomorrow is the first day of May yeah. um, so I'm assuming that uh, we'll at least be able to have a new episode for you next week in the well I mean technically I mean if, if this if this works then then we're, we're game on yeah we just got yeah so I don't know if I'll be ready to record by Monday the 4th oh we'll be ready don't you worry <laughs> we'll be ready to rock and roll Christian and everything I'm thinking yep. I think we can probably record on the 6th though so more on that okay. later all right so uh, I guess that about wraps it up for the 43rd episode of MathCast I'm your host Christian and I'm your co-host Levi and we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands good night and stay beautiful <laughs>